Welcome to Talking Architecture and Design. My name is Branko Melodic, and today we have with us two guests, one in Sydney and one all the way in, in some place called Tasmania. Stuart Brain is the National Specification Manager for Kingspan Insulation. He has over 20 years of experience in the building materials industry. He spent 10 years in the plumbing industry before transitioning for, to work for a variety of building material manufacturers. His experience in the plumbing industry gave him a deep, <clears throat> no pun intended, understanding of construction, process and the importance of quality material. Stuart holds a Bachelor of Science in Chemistry, which provides him with strong technical skills and an MBA, which helps him with business skills. Then we also have with us Brent Libby. He is the National Residential Sales Manager for Kingspan Insulation. He has over 12 years of experience in the building materials industry. Prior to Kingspan, Brent worked for James Hardy and Melee Appliances before coming over to Kingspan. His experience working with global building material manufacturers has given him a broad understanding of competitive landscapes, challenging market conditions, and the importance of quality products and customer excellence. Brent's also completed an MBA, uh, which has helped him his understanding in the business operations of the company. So welcome to Talking Architecture and Design, Stuart Brain and Brent. Thank Lee. you. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you. It's good to be here. Okay, I, I, I'm not going to allocate any, uh, uh, questions to anyone. I'm just going to throw it out to, the, to throw it out to the uh, to the crowd, as they say, best in best dress, as they say, when it comes to the answer. So, tell me, tell me about the Kingspan story, um, it, it, like comprehensively, yet briefly. Yes, you might take the first one off your hands. Um, uh, King. Kingspan, it's actually a really interesting story. Kingspan uh, uh, was founded by, by Eugene Murtag in, in, in Ireland back in 1965. Um, they were actually had a family pub, and um, at the back of the family pub there, they uh, uh, Eugene actually started a, a small engineering and, and contracting business. Um, and uh, the business was actually called King's Court, which is, is where their, their family pub was, was uh, originated. Um, uh, from from there, they began manufacturing agricultural uh, trailers, and then expanded into pre-engineered um, wall panels. Uh, and then from there, um, moved into more insulated panels and 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 the likes. So uh, over the years, it's it's the, the business has, has grown purely by by acquisition more than anything else. It's a, a, a very large uh, business now, um, for, from being acquired many businesses across the across the uh, the globe. So we're currently sitting at um, um, 212 manufacturing sites globally over over 80 plus countries um, and at 22,000 employees. So it's it's a really good success story from um, a family-owned owned pub um, and with Eugene actually um, stepping into a completely new industry and, and starting it from scratch. So, uh, yeah, really, really good story um, and, and a huge business which is, is listed um, as well. That's really interesting. So, so the pub wasn't busy enough in Ireland, um, so well, they had to get into insulation. You know, there, there's wow. There's a longer story in that. I was going to say that Ireland not exactly known for its heat, um, so I'm assuming that would be insulation for cold, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's a. That's exactly it. So you you need to insulate buildings uh, in summer and winter. So typically, you know, we're talking about, if you're talking insulation, we're talking about heat movement 
people say, oh, you know, the cold came into my house. It's not it's not that at all. It's the it's the heat that's lost, right? So, you know, in typically as a as a base rule, insulation just stops movement of heat through buildings. That's all it does. Now, thermal insulation, because you've got acoustic and other types of insulation, but we're talking thermal insulation. And uh for example, if you in summer in you know in Queensland, you want you don't want the heat to come in the house, but in winter in Melbourne, you want to keep you don't want to lose the heat in the house. So it's the it's it's the opposite, isn't it? But it doesn't matter what it is. It's whether the heat's coming in or whether the heat's going out of the house or building, depending on whatever it is, that's what insulation does. And that's what Kingspan's products do best they can. And you're never going to stop it. It doesn't stop it at all. Nothing does. It's just stopping the minimizing that heat transfer between like all building elements, whatever your building's built of. In your opinion, um, what, is the best type of insulation material like if you were building a house yeah. what would be your the material that you would go to because you guys are experts yeah yep i'll just take a step back though it's really interesting what you just said so 20 years ago or more there was no there was no requirement for insulation true and you might remember when you're a kid on dad's house when it was hot in summer it was hot inside and when it was cold in winter it was cold inside and since all those times the building code whether it's a class two, class one residential through to all the other commercial codes, um, those classes, you know, it's we've improved the requirements for energy consumption for buildings. And ultimately that's what it comes down to. So, you know, nowadays we have to insulate buildings and we have to let them breathe. And Brand will talk about that in a little while, but, you know, <clears throat> what, what that means, <clears throat> excuse me, what that means is that at a, brings up other problems in the building. If you're going to insulate a building and you're going to make it airtight, there's other problems that can come from that. But, the, but to answer your question, the best type of insulation material, it really depends. You know, um, <clears throat> depends on because you want, like anything, it's like a, you know, what's the best car for someone to drive? Yeah. Okay. Well, is it a two, is it a one, a guy who's single and wants just a fast car looks cool or, do you, or is it a, a family with three kids, you know, that wants a lot of room with all the, different uh you know luggage compartments and <clears throat> car seats so um it's not a one size fits all in any stretch but you want high performing where you can you want it to be high performing um and you want it to be do it do what do its job and it just depends on what the building's made of and it depends on the class and what the the function it's a big part of the code now <clears throat> is the function of the building so right. um, we use an example in kingspan for example if i built my house and suddenly turned it into a laundry mat a commercial laundry mat with dryers and you'd have a lot of lot of moisture and a lot of vapor within the, within your building you you'll have you'll have mold problems you'll have condensation you'll have things rotting because it wasn't designed it wasn't built that way to to accommodate a commercial laundry it was only built to house three people so depends on what type of building it is and what your function is i think interesting um in practical terms what is the difference between reflective insulation, thermoset insulation, air cell insulation, and of course insulated plasterboard? Yep. Good question. Um thermoset insulation. So take take it back, for example, you know, everyone knows what a glass what glass wool is a term called glass wool, bats, yep. blanket. They're the fluffy glass made um, woven 
um, product that sits in your walls and sits in your roof that everyone's familiar with. Um, <clears throat> there's a new range of insulation called rigid insulation. And I, for those who aren't familiar with it, if you can imagine, you know, when you get your pot of plants from the florist and they put the stem of the rose stem into the little spongy stuff in the bottom of your, uh-huh. of your vase, there's insulation that's got a similar consistency to that, right? Right, and it's rigid. It's not flexible. It's not there. So, and <clears throat> thermoset insulation means, um, in the event of a fire, it behaves really well. Okay, so thermal compliance on buildings is as important as fire compliance, right? So, we want to make make things, albeit really good thermally. We also want to make make them pretty good. In the event of a fire, we we don't want them to, want them to produce smoke. We don't want them to melt and drip, right, and be a pool of fire because it's bad for the residents, of course. Bad for the fire brigade. You've got to come and put the put the building out. Um, the thermoset insulation doesn't do that, and that's what Kingspan Cool Therm does. It's a it's a it's a material that, in the event of fire, it doesn't melt and drip and smoke. It's really good material. Now, reflective inf- insulation is if you put a layer of reflective foil on it you might have seen some insulation in your roof it's got reflective foil like silver foil on it Mm -hmm. um reflective foil adds an additional level of insulation to the 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 existing glass wall or rigid or whatever it is it adds more r value it adds more resistance more insulation to the just by just by the fact that it's a, a reflective surface creates insulation um Air cell is another range of cool something cool therm. So it's a polyethylene um product that's 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 thin used for thermal breaks, used for um in a lot of a lot of the sheds that you see around the place have used um in, in air cell um and insulated plasterboard. So there's products coming out now that are rigid. And you can imagine your walls, for example, or your ceiling where you've got plasterboard on the wall or on the ceiling, and directly behind that you would have insulation. Well, what, they, what we do now is we manufacture rigid insulation and we have plasterboard already bonded to it, okay? So so you, what you're getting is your plaster and your insulation in one, 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 um, one go. It's a, what they call it, yeah, insulated plasterboard effectively. So for and where it's used, it's really cool is if you've got an existing house and you don't want to pull all the existing plasterboard off or say it's asbestos, you just want to upgrade the what they call the thermal shell. You can just leave exactly pull up, pull your skirting off, your cornice, your door frames, and you can fix this insulated plasterboard straight to the existing wall or the, exist, the existing ceiling. Um, and instantly, you've lost about fifty mil thereabouts because that's all you need, and you've got an exi- you've got um, a really well insulated building from there going forward. So, like I said earlier, we're just stopping heat moving through building elements. And building elements, I'll just take walls, for example. Now, if we're stopping heat moving through, it's got to stop the heat moving through concrete, through steel, through plaster, through air, right? Um, And we're trying to not stop it. We're trying to minimize it, okay? Um, What insulation does is there's things that have different levels of conductivity. So, if you can imagine heating a piece of steel up to, you know, a uh, thousand degrees. If you touch it, you'll get burnt. If you heat, heat insulation up to a thousand degrees, you touch it, you, you're not going to get burnt because it doesn't train, it won't allow the heat to trans, transfer through that material. <clears throat> In other words, a low conduct, 
low conductor of heat. Right. So things that have got low conductivity are really good insulators. Things that have got high conductivity, like steel, like even even concrete, even anything with um, rock, like block work, brick work, clay, all that, all that has got reasonably high conductivity and therefore allow heat to transfer through. In other words, energy. So air is a really still air, believe it or not, is a good is a good insulator. So if you've got a cavity in your wall, so typically, you know, something like a 50 mil cavity, that'll give you a reasonable level of um, R value because R, R value is the level of resistance required. Um, and that's what stops heat. And it resists the movement of heat. And um, heat is all about transfer of energy, okay, because heat is energy. Right. So, you know, if we're going to stop heat, we're actually stopping atoms and electrons you know, and the, the energy of those moving through, um, passing on the energy through different materials, right? So um, Kingspan Cool Therm, which is a rigid, rigid insulation, is a product that has been, it's foamed. In other words, if you can, if everyone knows what uh, Aero Bar, the chocolate, chocolate Aero Bar has got bubbles in it, okay? The bubble... The Kingspan Cool Therm rigid insulation is exactly the same as that, albeit the bubbles are a thousand times smaller. Um, the phenolic resin or the phenolic board holds the in the bubble what is the a, a gas in the bubble that has very low conductivity, right? So the error bar is the chocolate. It's what the bubble. It's what's in the bubble that stops the heat transfer because <clears throat> of the conductivity level is so low. If that makes sense. <laughs> It does make sense, um, you know, Stuart. The only thing I'm a, I'm a bit disappointed about, you didn't actually even go into the electrons. That was that, that was um, an electron play, but we'll get to that next time. Look, you I, was that for us, I was waiting for Brent to jump in on the electron. <laughs> Another session for that one. Uh, I was going to say, you mentioned R value. So that's actually important. That's actually misunderstood, right? And there is a range of R value depending on the material, obviously. So yeah. masonry has an R value. I mean, I, I, my, my house is made from something known as timber creek. So the, 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 the R value is fairly high. But can you please explain what what is an R value? What what are some typical R values? And yep. uh, what is, is there such a thing as the perfect R value? Yep, uh, R value. So... Everything measures well in Australia. There's there's lots of different values. There's R, there's U, and there's K, actually K values. And we, I'm not going to go into those, but just for the for, for simplicity in Australia, um, we talk a lot about R values, which stands R stands for resistance. Wow. Okay, so again, the resistance of movement of heat through anything. So the higher the R value, the better the insulation. So <clears throat> all materials have a declared R value. Okay, all materials, even I'm looking at my notepad on my on my desk would have an R value. Your pen in your hand, you, me standing here, like just air, like I said, still air has an R value. Okay, um, so when we're talking about R values, we're not just thinking about the insulation product. We need to take into consideration all the building elements: plasterboard, sarking, air, steel, timber, concrete. Everything has R value. So typically what happens is energy consultants on commercial jobs, um, and depending on the states, it's measured differently. 
but they'll say, look, um, as a rule, you might have an R, 2.5 for the wall, okay? That's what we need to hit. And you might say, okay, you know, the timber, the steel, the air, the sarking, the insulation, whatever else is in there, your weatherboard, your plating on the outside, whatever it is, all contribute to R value. And whatever you're, whatever you're missing, well, that's what the insulation has to cover. Okay, so you might have everything else might give you R 0.5. So therefore, we need to put an extra R2 in the wall to bring bring the wall up to an R 2.5. Okay. Um, uh, ceiling, in the ceiling, you lose a lot of heat in the ceiling and you lose a lot of heat in the floor. People don't think you lose a lot of heat in the floor, but you do. Ceiling in particular. So ceilings are typically, you know, you could be R3 and above. Um, cold climates and high-performing places, alpine areas, you're looking at R5s and 6s and so on. Wow. Yeah. So, again, the higher the R value, the better. Um, this means we're increasing the resistance of the heat through the through the wall. And there's no perfect R value. I mean, you know, um, in in for example, in Queensland, you want because it's a it's a it's a hot environment. The the climate zones. There's, there's things called climate zones. So in Queensland, you've got climate zones that are, you know, in two and three. So you want to you want to you want the heat to stay out. So you don't want to. And and one way you can do that with slab on ground is allow the heat to escape into the into the soil. So insulating the soil is probably not a good idea. Um, but you can necessarily don't want to necessarily retain the heat in the house because of the climate zone. So it depends on the climate zone. So there's no ideal R value to be different in in climate zone six, seven, and eight, where it's colder and they'll need insulation in, in the floor and so on. Particularly here in in, uh, in in Tasmania, there's many many homes here that that insulate their floors, whether it's underneath the concrete slab itself or under under the floorboards. Um, so there's there's quite a different few different ways of, of doing that, but it's certainly a, a strong focus in climate zones, particularly in Tasmania. Um, okay, let's. I'm I'm st I'm still I'm still wanting to unpack that. So. You're measuring resistance as opposed to conductance, right? So you're, you're yep. measuring, and that number that you get, let's say four. Okay, for what? Is it like is it is it a time based um, uh, figure that you're getting, or what is it for actually encapsulating? Or yeah, two point five or whatever. Uh yeah, it's it's the 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 number is. It's a measure of heat transfer. So what we do is we get a thing called <clears throat> lambda. So what we do is we measure the conductivity of a product in a laboratory, yep, and how conductive it is. And then what we do is we get the the thickness of the material. So we now we've got say say you've got a hundred mil thick product. You you divide it by this thing called lambda, and it spits out a number. Right, and that's that's the R value. It's a um, it's a measure of um, conductivity, but then the conductivity will increase depending on the thickness, won't it? So a thinner material with a set conductivity will be less, have less R value, will be allowed to be more conductive, more conductive than something that's a thick thick product. So in other words, um, insulation, like I said, the thicker the product, the more R value. Um, so what we do, like, again, we just measure the conductivity and then from there, we've got a baseline and we can just work out the R value based on its um, thickness by putting the thickness divided by its R value, um, 
K value. It's, it's it's lambda. So the lower the lambda, the better. They call it lambda in insulation world. Right. Um, and everything's got a lambda. Kingspan Insulation is a global leader in insulation and building envelope solutions. Kingspan Insulation focuses on innovation that makes a difference to you, offering high-performance, rigid insulation, ultra-thin flexible insulation, and building wraps. For more information, go to www.kingspaninsulation.com.au. And now it's back to our podcast. As you mentioned, uh, Brent, you know, Tasmania is different to or you need a different type of insulation or R value than you wouldn't say in far north Queensland or or, or maybe even the back of the Pilbara. Um, they are, that's the best, what I'm trying to say is the benefits of insulation, it's not just obviously comfort at home, it's also cost savings, isn't it? Um, you know, yeah, and then that, that that does vary across Australia. Like, is is there a as as a company? Like, do you guys have some sort of figures that show, or I guess trends that show uh, the difference between having um, an insulated home and a non-insulated home? Yeah, it's a it's it's a really difficult question to answer because there's so many different factors that come into play. Um, obviously, the climate zones that you're in, the 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 materials that are used in the home. To build it, um, you know, even which direction the home is facing, whether it's north, south, east, or west, uh, how many windows, um, so many different factors. But um, you know, from a general point of view, um, you, you can even save up to forty-five percent on your bills per year just on insulating a home. Um, you know, a, a fully insulated home compared to a non-insulated home can reduce the cost of heating and cooling um, to, to that amount, and which is is quite significant. Um, you know, I guess um, in some cases uh, we look at it um, as a general rule and say if you insulate your ceiling, it can be up to 20% uh, saving. If you insulate the walls, um, it's around the same same number and floors is, is around 5 to 10%. Um, so it is obviously quite important when you do insulate a home that um, it is done properly with the right, right products, um, which is in line with... Um, the the uh, the area that you're living in, um, and and doing it across all um, the wall, ceiling, and floor. Um, so yeah, look, it's um, it's a difficult answer uh, to to provide, but from a general point of view, it's a, a significant saving for people to uh, to insulate their homes and and can uh, can pay for itself. Um, you know, as, as short as five or six years is of investing into into insulating homes and just and just adding that too because what you mentioned is, is indoor comfort so we did some work with um one of the local universities in in sydney who did a um a study around comfort for education so for students um so and there's and it makes sense but we didn't want to have the data i can't remember the actual numbers but effectively um, making making a building more comfortable to reside in, whether you're a student, whether you're a homeowner, whether you're a patient, a doctor, an office worker, you know, a prisoner, right? Doesn't matter the building. Um, your whatever you're trying to achieve improves. 
So if you're a student, you're going to learn better. If you're a teacher, you're going to teach better. You know, if you're a doctor, you're making better decisions. If you're a patient, you're going to improve, you know, recover better. Um, you know, the indoor comfort's super, super important. And so, and, and insulation is what we're doing is evening out fluctuations in the environment on a hot day or a cold day, wet day, dry day, it doesn't matter, day or night. Yeah. We're saying inside's going to be constant and nice and comfortable for whoever's in that building. Okay. And that's a really good point, Stuart. Uh, even in our, our manufacturing and plant in our head office in, in Somerton, Victoria, um, it's a six star green star building. Um, it's obviously uh, insulated really well with with Kingspan products, uh, and, and the environment where we work is, is really comfortable. Um, no matter what time of day um, and the conditions outside, it's it's a very stable um, uh, climate, and and we even find it um, a lot more comfortable to work in in our office than it is in in others. It's a it's a, a dramatic um, difference between um, our office and and others that that aren't as insulated. Yep. And also, I mean, Brent knows about it more. Everyone has everyone woken up one morning with, and you've got up and there's condensation on the inside of your window. Yep. I think everyone has seen that. Yep. Um, that's as we live in buildings and we wash clothes and we cook and we clean and we do our thing and have showers, we're creating what they call vapor in the air, right? So it means that we're, there's actually water you can't see in the air. So the, so it's actually an increase in relative humidity in that building. That's got to get out. You can't leave that in the in the building. And the fact that you've got parts of your, part of your wall or your ceiling that's not insulated, that's where the vapour accumulates on the wall or the window. And when you wake up in the morning, that's just the, you're breathing through the night and all that you're losing moisture and the vapour that's in there or the, or the water droplets accumulate on the window why do they do that because it's cold so inside's warm the window's cold it's hitting that cold surface and, it, and it's starting to get condensation condensation if you don't deal with that and it doesn't have to have be condensation that you can see it can be in the wall it can be in the roof it can be if you if you if your building isn't designed and developed correctly and built properly um that can be inside places you can't see and what happens then you get mold you have rotting structure you get mold spores. It's a really unhealthy place to be, right? And you've got to get people in to address that. They can clean it, but in in, in a year's time or, or or even less, it'll be back. Okay, it's it's yeah, not, it's, it's, it's treating it's the good... headache, not the not the virus sort of thing. If you got a, if you know what I mean. So yeah, it's a really problem. good point, Stu. There's for a family of four. It actually um, for a family of four in a household, you actually release up to twenty liters of condensation every single day from showers, cooking um, and just breathing and having humans in a, in a house. So you can imagine 20 litres of, of water or condensation trying to escape your house. And as Stu said, it's got to escape somewhere. Um, so that's why you see that condensation on the windows um, because it, it's trying to find the coldest um, place on the wall to, to escape and and all that condensation is basically going straight through your plasterboard through your insulation and it just sits in that wall cavity so it's obviously really important for that to escape and and that's why we we have uh, uh, a permeable breathable membrane um, to be used to, to help manage that condensation and um, avoid the risk of, of health um, issues and uh, both human health and the health of the structural wall as well so um, it plays a massive part in 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 improving, um, uh, particularly people's health around uh, 
um, uh, you know, breathing and, and all of that um, with anyone that has any of those issues around asthma. So it's a, it's a big space that um, uh, the, the, the construction code is focusing on um, to, to ensure that the new builds moving forward can, can protect um, on, on both human health and, and the health of the, mm. the actual building itself. And we never had, so I just add, we never had this 30 years ago. There was never problems with mould, and all. it might have been in some cases, but largely because we didn't insulate buildings yeah. and we didn't have high, high you know, performance glazing, we didn't never had this. So we weren't trapping vapour in buildings. We were never doing that. So it could just escape, just like just like heat can, you know, and um, you find that um, colder climates have more issues with <clears throat> with uh, mould and, and uh and condensation escaping will have uh, then then warmer climates mm-hmm. because <clears throat> the colder climates are you know they're quite quite often insulated quite well and um, they're sealing up their their buildings really well because they need to keep the heat in the building okay and therefore they're keeping the vapor in as well and they haven't haven't allowed for any mechanical systems or <clears throat> and like Brent said any vapor permeable membranes that allow the this vapor to escape so um they didn't and it's important to know the difference between and we've all seen for those that are listening that that haven't had a lot of experience in this industry we've all seen houses being built and you see you know a, a blue um foil being wrapped around a residential house and yep. um you know that's always been around for a while and you always see it um and you wonder what it actually does and um in some climates it doesn't do much at all to be honest um and that's really the big difference that we've got at the moment is that um, we're changing in certain climates, in climate zones 6, 7 and 8 in, in Victoria, Tasmania, ACT. Um, that's where um, the requirement of using a breathable wrap over a foil wrap is, is beneficial so it can manage the condensation. When you start using a, a foil in, in those colder climates, the condensation just goes through the plasterboard, through the insulation, hits the foil and just drips down into that wall cavity, causing mould, mildew and structural damage as well. So that's the importance of the difference between using a, a cheap foil in, in cold climates and, and a breathable foil that allows the condensation to escape the, the wall cavity. Um, so that's really, really important for people to know the difference between those two different products in, in different climate zones. Well, you both mentioned, you both mentioned floors. So why do floors need, well, why do some floors need more insulation than others is probably the question I'm trying to ask. Everyone's got this myth, not everyone, people who are um, not in our industry, I suppose, (laughs) an assumption that heat, heat rises, like the heat out of a coffee cup and you can see the steam rising up, but actually in factual fact, there's a lot of heat that's lost through the floor and, uh, um, in in simple terms, yeah, when you don't want to lose heat, you want when you don't want to lose heat because in 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 the warmer climates, you actually want to lose you want to heat to remove heat from the building, and therefore you have got different designs. But let's just talk about the buildings that you you want to retain the heat in the building. The colder climates, then yeah, you need to insulate under your floor. Now, floor could be, um, you could have a subfloor. In other words, you've got room under your floor itself so you've got a subfloor it could be concrete it could be timber uh, really important you insulate that um if you've got a floor that's sitting on earth you know slab on ground for example um insulate that as well really important um and then also insulate the edges of your slab as well there's different materials that do that but effectively um it's no different so when we talk the building envelope 
we call it building envelopes, a term that we use, um, includes floor. It doesn't include roof and walls as, uh, only. It includes the floor. And uh, it says as critical that you assess that as part of your envelope, just like you're assessing the wall and just like you're assessing the roof. Um, there are a range of building code changes coming through the installation. What are they and how do you think they'll impact architects and design? Yep. Um, so Brent mentioned the, 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 some code changes a moment ago. So the NCC or National Construction Code, so every few years they bring out a revision of the NCC. So the NCC 2019, um, that came out and there was some, for those who are not across the code as much, there's different there's sections of the code. So you've got you know, a, a, B, C, D and so on. So section J in the in the in uh, NCC 2019, section J, which deals with, commercial buildings, um, that was more or less rewritten. So there's a lot of change. Section J deals with the energy provisions of a building. So there was some really big changes there, which meant we introduction of um, a code called um, ASNZS4214, which deals with thermal bridging. And thermal bridging is just areas of the wall or the ceiling or the floor that are uninsulated where bridges. In other words, a bridge is a place where heat can be lost, Okay. Um, it doesn't doesn't deal with um, classes one and two, so yeah, individual dwellings and multi-story residential buildings, but uh, all the other classes it does. So uh, that was a huge huge change for NCC twenty nineteen. More recently, NCC twenty twenty two, um, um, number of changes, but a, a significant one was the introduction of a breathable rat like that. Brent just spoke about so breathable wraps are now required for class. I think is it class just class one, Brent? Yeah, yeah. correct. Class one in in residential space. Yep. Yep. For for climate zones six, seven, and eight. Okay, so the colder climates <clears throat> for new residential class one buildings, um, they, they need to put a, a breathable wrap in. So climate zones six, seven, eight typically colder climates, like Brent said, Canberra. Melbourne, Tasmania, you know, western parts of New South Wales, those areas are typically, again, areas where you're likely to get mould and mildew build up in buildings. It's really important you allow that uh, vapour to escape. Kingspan does a whole lot of environment, not just population. Um, you guys recently partnered with Seabin, was it? Um, uh, Sydney Harbour. Yeah. Um, which... Um, <laughs> I, I noticed that that happens on a regular basis. I don't know why why people want to throw shopping trolleys into the harbour. I've never. <laughs> um, can you guys tell me more about that and other similar um, you know programs you, you may be you, you may be um, uh, doing? Yeah, for sure. Yep. So Kingspan's got a a global sustainability uh, strategy. So we're calling it Planet Passionate. So globally, Planet Passionate is about. <clears throat> Yeah, this there's there's looking after the environment, look becoming more circular. Effectively, there's four key areas of um, carbon, waste, water, and energy, and we've got targets globally to achieve um, certain uh, targets by 2030 as part of the Paris Agreement that the government's uh, hitting. I mean, buildings are typically energy sucking beasts, you know, and they use a lot of resources, and we're trying to do our part. Part of being a building's material manufacturer and supplier, then then we need to ensure that we yeah we need to be we need to ensure that we're part of um, uh, 
part of that as well. So there's a lot of lot of work going on behind the scenes, but to make our product um, yeah, net carbon zero, to make our manufacturing facilities uh, greener and more sustainable. Um, like Brent said earlier, our factory in Melbourne was the first factory that got a six-star green star rated. Um, it's got PV cells on the roof. We harvest water. Um, we recycle material where we can. Um, we're doing a. We've almost gone all green, all all electric. And got got rid of the majority of our um, use of gas. Wow. And that'll continue. And where we are, it's all it's all green gas. Um, but on, aside from that, we do little initiatives. One of them was a thing called Sea Bin. So Sea Bin's a a device that sits in harbors and oceanways and rivers and so on, and it just collects floating debris that's in a river and it's a device we've got a few of them in in it um in sydney harbor and we sponsored one of them we're sponsoring a number of them there's one thing there's one in california there's one in asia and these things all over the world but we we've, we've taken pride in partnering with people that are trying to achieve really cool things um like clean up the environments um like lowering carbon we've got we're putting some you know, we need more bees, for example, in the environment to pollinate. So we've got beehives at, at the factory now. Um, um, we've done, we've got EPDs that have just been released of our products, which is an environmental product declaration. So we're very open around our carbon footprint and um, what we what we what we claim is actually real and it's not pretend. So we get independent independent uh, organisations to prepare reports and so on that enable us to declare um, our place in the world. So EPDs do that for energy assessors to enable them to assess our products from a green point of view because the green the green requirements and the green accreditation is ramping up significantly. So we're working closely with people like, you know, the Green Building Council, for example, and um, aligning with um, trying to uh, hit uh, their targets and that we can assist that those assist them in that in that regard with other other large building material suppliers who are um quite serious about this space. So you guys do a fair bit when it comes to reducing your carbon footprint. Yeah, yeah, carbon footprints are it's a it's a big thing. Um for example, we're trying to source our materials from more locally instead of overseas. So for example, with our raw materials oops, stop that. I mean our raw materials um largely you know Nothing's not all things are made in Australia, so we need need to source materials from overseas. And if we can source them locally, there's less use of ships and planes and boats and trucks and so on. So, so our carbon footprint continually reduces. It's a, it's a good system to measure your footprint, such that once you've measured it, then you can improve on it. If you don't measure it in the first place, you've got no no way you've got no way to measure where you are in the world. So once you get a number. They, they they show you how you calculate your EPDs and then we can improve on that going forward. And that's part of, again, the Green Building Council, where they're headed. So, for example, a six-star rated building, which we are, won't always be a six-star building if you don't improve. You need to continually improve. I'm actually impressed you have your own bees. I'm, I'm, are, we to, are we the Kingspan range of honey? Um, oh, yes, definitely. Um, it, um, it, it For every... Every ten square meters of insulation, you get a jar of honey. We like that. I was going to say, be good, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, it would be a winner. And I, I, I do hear you what you say with with supply chains. Um, yeah, globalization is a great idea, except it 
hasn't helped the environment, has it? As you said rightly, ships, planes, trains and automobiles whizzing around the world, not great for that carbon output, is it? Mm. Um, what is the newest insulation technology that we are yet to see? I mean, is there something that's coming out that you can, <clears throat> can tell us that, or some new technology, some new, um, you know, some new material, some new idea that, that, that we are soon to, to see or that may well become commonplace? Um, I could say, look, yeah, look, this is always a moving space. So the, the new technology, where it'll go is where the, 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 the national construction code is headed, okay? So the code, like I said, 20 years ago, we didn't have to put insulation in buildings. Um, there was no energy provisions at all for buildings, you know, or if there were, that was tiny. Um, this is not going backwards. This is only going forwards. So the technology will come with improved uh, insulation materials. With So in other words, what we're going to see is really thin materials with really high R values that are really green, that are really fire compliant, okay? So we'll probably move away from products that are derived from high-carbon um, based material, okay, um, that are highly resistant to heat and don't burn. That's and that's a holy grail. Oh, then that are also acoustic. Okay, so we're talking thermal insulation. Quite often, architects, engineers are saying, "Oh, that's a really, really good product." The cool therm, which is a really good product, you know, has a very high R value for the thickness you're getting. So you get typically you get R one for every every twenty five mil. You know, fifty mil you get R two and so on. So for the thickness, you're getting a very high R value, but you're not getting much acoustic value. So they say, "Well, I need another acoustic product." to supplement the thermal insulation so for that thickness also alter there's always trade-offs so again your question around technology and what's coming out that's where product will go it'll go low carbon low vac high r value you know highly highly compliant around those three areas green thermal and fire okay that's interesting. And interesting you threw in acoustic as well, which is something that we we, ha we really haven't spoken about, have we? No, no, it's another. It's a there's another podcast, mate. Another podcast, it's another podcast, know. and it's it's a people don't want like noise, right? They want to they want to live in buildings that are quiet. Yeah. And if you could have the garbage truck going up up the, your street, or you've got it living on a highway, or you've got a construction site next door, no one wants to hear that. You know, Particularly when uh, when the houses are getting built closer and closer to each other, and there's more uh, medium density construction going on as well. Everyone seems to be living a lot close to each other, so for sure, um, the the acoustic side of things is going to be very important moving forward. Yeah, very very interesting. Stuart Brain and Brent Levy from Thank you very much for that fascinating and really really interesting. Who knew that that insulation could be so fascinating? Thank you very much for that. Thank you no, for having us. Thanks for having us. It's been a pleasure. It's, uh, and I um, hope everyone enjoyed the, the discussion. I'm sure they will. You've been listening to Talking Architecture and Design. Until next time, goodbye. This has been Branko Melodic, and you've been listening to Australia's most popular 
building and construction podcast, Talking Architecture and Design, brought to you from the Architecture and Design Network. Thank you once again to today's guests, Stuart Brain, the National Specification Manager for Kingspan Insulation, and Brent Livy, the National Residential Sales Manager for Kingspan Insulation. If you want more information, go to www.kingspaninsulation.com.au. And if you want to know more about architecture and design and our podcast and our magazines, you can head over to architectureanddesign.com.au for all the latest news, views, projects, people, and much, much more. See you next time.